The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. You're listening to Creeping Wave Radio, a documentation of our decidedly creepy escapades here on Mind. once the mics go off. Esther, you were a veritable ballooner in the arena. Wait, who's baloney? Why, ballooner, the Roman goddess of war. Oh, ouch, watch it! That's still tender. Oh, sorry, sorry. Don't be. From the moment you pistol-whipped me and inflicted this massive head wound, I knew there was something between us. Oh, tell Margula. Please, call me Cal. Okay, Cal. (laughs) It's just a dang shame my pistol got jammed in the water. Oh, I'm quite certain you'll figure out new and devious ways to torment me. Oh, I don't know about that, Cal. (laughs) (laughs) Gladys, the way you pinned me to the wall with your arrows, why, Diana herself would have bowed her head in reverence. (laughs) Trust me, Matages, the pleasure was all mine. (laughs) So, Norma, you should know, uh, my friends are kind of... What's the word for it? Kinky. Yeah, but at least your friends brutally thrashing them gave us a chance to get to know one another. They never let me talk. I know what you mean, Octavius. When you get to be my age, everyone just tunes you out. I can never tune you out, Norma. (sighs) Isn't it romantic? Squids and sadism? It's a fairy tale come true. I'm so glad you talked me into coming, Galley. We scratches gotta stick together, right, Daddy-O? Yes. What a delightful family outing this has been. Vive l'amour! So would someone kindly explain what in tarnation is going on here? Bob, are you understanding any of this? Well, you see, Walter, it turns out those squid legionnaires, what were guarding the hallway, are hardcore masochists. I am neither squid nor masochist, sir. Of course not. I wasn't talking about you, Octoboy. Apologies. And Esther and Gladys, slapping them around like they did, seems to be just what the doctor ordered. Oh, my, yes. You know me and my unquenchable bloodthirst. We We know! know. (laughs) Gladys, where have you been all my life? (laughs) (laughs) Take this. Well, then, we upheld our end of the bargain. Thorcus is right. The girls bested you in combat. They certainly did. So, will you release us now? Yes, as tender as I'm sure this scene is, it's a bit uncomfortable for us onlookers. Yes, of course, my precocious kitten. It's Tybalt, if you please. No matter. A deal is a deal. Your champions bested us in battle, and now we shall join your intrepid crew. We are your humble servants. Just don't make us go back into the water pit. Welcome aboard, boys. The more the merrier, probably. Thank you, my lupin friend. Now, if you wouldn't mind, 
helping us down off this ledge. Here, take my arm, lizard man. Don't you mean tentacle? No, these are my arms. Those two are my tentacles. Whatever it is, just grab it, Gabe. I want to put some distance between my fuzzy, adorable body in the water pit. Yes, of course, Thibault. It's Tybalt. No need to dig your wee little claws into my scales. Seriously, stop. Allow me, Miss Dorcas. Thanks, Octavius. We better get a move on if we want to save Nap. Or what's left of him. Yeah, hopefully we can dig his brain out of whatever jar they crammed it into and provide him in time. Oh, come on, gang. Think positive. We don't know for sure he's a brain in a jar. Gally's right. And we'll never rescue anybody just standing around here. No, I guess not. We'll take it to the prisoner, uh, uh, Nafta's quarters. Lead the way, gentlemen. So, how did you all come to know this Nap person anyway? Well, it's kind of a long story. I hope Nap's doing okay in that jar. You know how claustrophobic he gets. By now, your girlfriend and her allies are either lying dead in the hallway, defeated by my nefarious traps, or they have almost certainly abandoned any hope of rescuing you alive. You clearly don't know Margot very well. Or Dorcas, for that matter. The werewolf didn't specify which one was here. On the contrary. I'm well acquainted with both of them. Dorcas especially. She provided excellent leverage to lure you back into my services. She would never. And yet she did, when your freedom was bought out from under me. By Meg Ryan? It was the 1930s. Meg Ryan wouldn't have been born yet. You know what I mean. All right, then. By the person your deluded memory seems to recall as being Meg Ryan. Go on. Meg Ryan dropped you off in Paris, as promised. But I had effectively broken your mind. Fifteen years of torture takes its toll on even the strongest of men. Which, as we both know, you are not. And Paris herself was every bit as crumbled as you were. Yet you found a place among the refuse, joining a traveling circus as a stunt pilot. I can fly planes? Any idiot can fly a plane. The real trick is landing one without killing yourself. I don't remember ever learning to fly. It wasn't necessary. You did more of a, uh, barnstormer act. The audience came to watch you crash, which you did each night, spectacularly. But as we both know, you're very <laughs> resilient. He's up! He's okay! 
What the performance? All the while, you were searching for Dorcas, trying to make good on a promise you made to a dead man. To Ian. Yes, Ian. You swore you'd find his little girl and take care of her. But in the end, it was she who found you. No, I told you, I I need chickens for my act. Live chickens. This is Chicago, Mac. The only chickens around these parts are either fried or roasted. You don't understand. The live chickens are crucial. We filled up some crates with feathers. You crashed the plane into them. Feathers go flying everywhere. Same difference. No, it's not. You don't understand. I don't care about the feathers. I need to absorb their ether. They're what now? They're life force. They're living energy. Otherwise, I won't survive the crash. Look, I don't know what kind of spooky stuff you Frenchies are involved in. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'll bite. Tell me about these chickens. Can't be back here, miss. This is Castle Crew only. Your pilot requested my presence. I did? The name's Dorcas. Dorcas Morlock. In the camps, one day melts into the next. You lose track of time. You had expected to find a two-year-old child, and instead you found her. Word on the street is you've been looking for me. Well, here I am. Yeah. Wow. So, what do you want? Oh, I promised your father I'd look after you. You're a little late. I've been looking after myself for quite a while now, thank you very much. I'm sorry. I would have come sooner, but I was in prison. Ah. Prison? Do tell. No. Well, yes, I was, but... uh, Oh, that came out wrong. Let me explain. Well, seeing as your chickens won't be showing up anytime soon, and I don't have anything better to do tonight, let's you and me get to know each other over a drink. Maybe it was because you saw so much of Ian in her, or maybe her cropped black hair reminded you of that actress you were so infatuated with back then. Polaire. Yes, her. I think you actually let yourself believe that this was the entity who'd been haunting your dreams. Yes. The truth of it was, you were just two sad, broken people, tired of being alone in the world. It's strange. Hearing you speak, I'd never imagine you were British. Well, I was born in England, but after the war, Mama and I moved to the States to try and start over. And you're some kind of Russian? Well, Latvian and Quebecois, actually, but uh, I never really stayed in one place for too long. Me either. In fact, we've been sitting at this bar for ages. Come on, let's hit the dance floor. Oh, I am really out of practice. Two left feet, huh? Guess there aren't a lot of hops back in the gulag. (laughs) I have no idea what you're saying, but I like it. Just watch me and follow along. A 
and you, with that mutable ether of yours, tricked that poor girl into loving you. I didn't trick her. You did more than that. You tricked yourself into believing that you actually loved her in return, and it made you easy prey. Stop. Please. I don't want to remember. Oh? Why the change of heart? Wasn't it just a short time ago that you drove all night just to speak to Miss Morlock at her nursing home, hoping she held the key to unlocking your pest? Now I'm offering it up to you on gilded platter, and you refuse? Please don't make me relive this. Yes, those splinters of antiquity burrowed deep into the very hollows of your mind are finally working their way to the surface, aren't they? Let's dislodge them once and for all, shall we? Along with any delusions you still have about being the hero of this story. Please don't do this. It was springtime, wasn't it? Yes, of course. It was May Day. How fitting, considering what would transpire. I beg of you, stop. You'd used your little tricks to hypnotize some poor fool into renting you a beachfront cottage in Point Pleasant, New Jersey for the week. It's funny, really. I don't see you as a bathing beauty. <laughs> I'm not. We spent most of our time in the pavilion. Jenkinson's Pavilion, all of those marvelous attractions, and of course, the beer gardens, the dance halls. She loved music, loved to dance the way I did before you broke me, left me empty and numb. When I was with her, it was like I could feel again, like I got a glimpse back into what it was like to really be alive. She could have spent all night there, just drinking in the music. Yes. You use that poor girl like your own personal drug. And you were so desperate to maintain your supply. Nap, get up off the floor. What are you trying to pull? Oh, hold on. I'm trying to do a thing here. Everybody's staring at you, you know. More than usual. I'm just trying to find it here. Um, is it in my other coat? Okay, wait. Oh, here it is. You have to get down on your knees to take your throat lozenges now? No, it's not lozenges. It was the only box I had that fit. See? Oh, Nap. Who did you lift that ring off of? What? Nobody! Look, I'm trying to propose, okay? But I think I'm just making a mess of it. No, just putting your signature on the occasion. By the way, I accept. That means yes, right? Yes, it means yes! Oh, jeez.
It was a selfish thing to do. But for a time, she made me forget what I was. Forget that I'm not entitled to the same things real people are. Seems a lovely holiday. Whatever made you decide to drive out to Lakehurst of all places? It was Thursday, May 6th, 1937. We only had the rental till the end of the week, and no matter what station you set the radio to, there was someone squawking about how the Hindenburg would be touching down over at that naval base. We could see it in person, you know, since we were in the area. I don't know. Ever since the war, I'm not so keen on the Germans. Or their new Fuhrer, to be honest. Well, he's not going to be there. I had my misgivings, but she finally persuaded me. Isn't it exciting, Nap? I guess. Couldn't have asked for any nastier weather, though. Well, it gives us an excuse to get close. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a bad feeling. Well, that's because you're drenched. Here, huddle up with me under my umbrella before you catch a death of cold. You know that can't happen. I know, I know. You're an immortal goblin trying to dodge the Kremlin. And apparently umbrellas, too, for some reason. Don't say that kind of thing out loud. Oh, Nap, who would believe it anyway? Would you quit looking over your shoulder for once and just come here? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just being paranoid. I've never seen an airship up close. Just on the newsreels. I have. Back in the war. Germans used to toss bombs out of them. Nap! That was a long time ago. I know. Still. Oh my... It couldn't be. Why, Napoleon Doom? Yes. Uh, no. Not you. Who is it, Nap? Imagine me bumping into you again here after all of these years. And this lovely young thing must be Dorcas Morlock. Thank you. Nap's told you about me, I see. Oh, yes. I know absolutely everything there is to know. Napoleon, aren't you going to introduce me to your friend? You've been spying on me. Is that it? Oh, Napoleon. Let's not be peevish, shall we? We should catch up. Yes, of course. Some other time, perhaps. Miss Morlock, you wouldn't mind my borrowing your fiancé for a moment? We have some things to discuss now that he'll be exiting bachelorhood. You understand, of course. I promised you he won't leave your sight. Or you his. No, I can't. Not right now. I'm staying with Dorcas. Don't make a scene, Nap. I don't want to get separated from you in this crowd. Nap? I'll be fine, Nap. I don't need you leading me around by the hand all the time. I'll be right here under my red umbrella. Come along, old friend. Follow me. What do you want, Kasoratov? Do you see those men surrounding Dorcas? Wave to her. Yes, that's right. Everything's fine. Who are they? Amaranthian trigger men. If I give the signal, 
They'll drain the life from your bride-to-be, and no one will be any the wiser. So, I take it you have a job for me, then? Ah, I've never come across another specimen with quite your skill set. And I need to send a message of sorts to Germany's new ruling power. I took my orders from you and went back to Dorcas, knowing that after that day, I could never see her again. Not without her being used as collateral against me. I couldn't do that to her. You see, I'm still here. Under the red umbrella. And I'm just fine. You worried yourself over nothing. Dorcas? What is it, Nap? I don't think I've ever been happier in my life than I have since you came into it. I need you to know that. Then I guess it's a good thing you're marrying me, then, isn't it? And I'm sorry I couldn't be... Nap, look! Here it comes! The ship! While everyone's eyes were focused on the ship, I bent the ether around me, blinding the crowd to my presence. For all intents and purposes, you were invisible. Line number one, I... Avast, men! She'll jolt you if you don't give her some time. They dropped the trailing lines, and I pushed through the ground crew to climb my way up, just as I'd been instructed to. It was wet, and I must have lost my grip climbing a dozen times. I'd been ordered to cut the airship's envelope and emit a burst of ether to ignite the hydrogen inside. But it was all I could do to hang on. Ugh! I can't do it, Sortov, you asshole! You Bolsheviks want to send the Nazis a message? You send it yourself. Then I saw that red umbrella in the crowd. One red umbrella in a sea of black. I can't be certain it was hers. But I remembered what would happen if I failed. I noticed the ship was riding low in the aft. I made my way back there and saw the envelope had already been torn. Well, here we go. The explosion was almost instantaneous, but in that moment, before the flames consumed me, I realized I'd chosen a single life, one person I loved, in exchange for all those innocent people on board, and the crewmen on the ground. All of them had families, people back home who loved them every bit as much as I did Dorcas. And I was disgusted with myself. I woke up in one of the morgue lockers at the hospital, trapped in that tiny, frigid space with only the horror of what I had done to keep me company. (laughs) 
I must have screamed for hours before someone came and let me out of there. It's all right. It's all right. You! Run! Get the doctor! This one's still alive! Come on now. Calm down. Let me help you out of there. The attendant was just a kid, but I knocked him out cold. No one would have ever thought to look for me among the Hindenburg's dead. Least of all Dorcas. And I took that opportunity to run as far away from her. Gift her a new life. Without the burden of... A monster? Yes. But she didn't forget about you. She lived a long, miserable life, wondering why you had abandoned her the way you did. I know. I thought she'd just pick up and start over, but... She knew what you were. Accepted you for it. Found it in herself to love you, only to be forsaken. Yes. Then perhaps it's best you found your way back to me before you ruin any more lives. Okay, guys, so this one was uh, maybe a little bit darker, yeah? So, but uh, yeah, it was important that uh, that whole relationship with Dorcas that's been alluded to for the past couple seasons, you sort of got some insight into that and the history that Napoleon and Dorcas have and uh, so, some other stuff, uh, some, some of Nap's tragic backstory, if you will. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. If not, the next one's going to be even better, so just hang on for that. Um, and I want to thank my Patreons for making this possible, allowing me to be able to just sit and edit and, you know, take the time to do something like this uh, once a year, which is amazing. Thank you so much to The Grimerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and The Lovable Neil, who make this all possible. Now, if you guys want to be a Patreon, the link is down below, patreon.com slash lucidnap, or you can do a one-time donation, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap, all one word. But uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of links below that if you can't contribute financially, and I totally understand that, you can just follow us online, interact with us, keep up with the story, and just, you know, listen to the show because that means more to us than anything else. The fact that you want to play with us, you want to listen to the silliness that we're laying down, and uh, it's amazing to be able to experience this and to be able to interact with people in this way to bring a story to life that's been bouncing around in my head for so long <laughs> so okay guys well thank you for listening and i will talk to you next week I, I i won't talk to you but my voice will be heard by you next week you, you follow me on social media i, I might interact with you though <laughs> you never know i also want to give a super duper enormous thank you to velvet caravan 
who uh, allowed us to use their song, and that is the credit track that you heard, that cool little swing number, the one that followed the proposal, and it is called Chevalo Swing, and you are going to love their stuff. It is very fun. Uh, and I want you to go down below and check out the link, because you should check out their stuff. I actually got to see one of their members perform <laughs> when I was in Savannah, and I was so impressed that, uh, yeah, I started following the band, and and uh, they actually agreed to let me use this song on the show, which was pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, you never know what connections you're going to make. Very interesting. But, uh, okay, guys, thank you for connecting with me, and thank you so much. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Creepin' Wave is brought to you by Lucid Nap Productions in cooperation with a scary old man. I'm only scary to certain people. You're scary to me. You don't have to find an interdimensional saloon to have a pint of alien beer with me, Chrissy Garrison. Just tune into my alien beer podcast each Thursday, and I'll share my speculative fiction stories with you. And every other week, I'll be serving up a new installment in my science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. Meanwhile, catch up with me at sillyhatbooks.com slash podcast. See you there. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.